You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah youths. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, Utah thumps the Arizona Wildcats. We take a look at the playoff picture and we get you ready for the Utah-Colorado Buffs rivalry game. I'm Cameron and we got Ryan. What's up, Ute Nation? And Scott. Let's go. Let's go, Utes, baby. So Utah gets the big win over Arizona, 35-7, to a complete beatdown. Should have been a shutout. Uh, we'll get into that, though, but I really... Those damn backups. I really want to talk about... That's what Scally was saying. The playoffs picture right now. Utah I, is, is sitting, sitting good. A couple weeks ago, I, I didn't think Utah had a shot. I'm changing my tune. Well, two weeks ago, we, we all said they realistically didn't have a shot. But yeah, things have turned. Even though Oregon absolutely just... A pathetic performance. Oh, we're gonna keep this family friendly. But what a what a mess. What a disaster, what a, Oregon. What a crystal ball thing to do. Seriously. <laughs> so let's I mean let's really dive into this this playoffs. So obviously teams that are locked. I mean you guys need to agree, disagree. LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. LSU is even they're in even if they lose to a Georgia in the title game. So they're in. Ohio State, they got Michigan this week. If if they if they somehow lose to Michigan and then lose again in the title game, a big if, especially when you got Harbaugh, you're going up against Harbaugh. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if they were to lose those two games, they're out. But I I just don't see that happening. And Clemson, they don't play anybody that actually. If, if Clemson loses, I think they're out. Oh, they're for sure out. They're not going in. The, the ACC is that bad. You can't have. But the a ACC one loss. is full of a bunch of blind schools that don't play big college football. So that's I just don't see that happening. So I guess the the real question though, I I think that fourth spot, assuming everything plays out, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, they they all go undefeated the rest of the year. Um. So I guess the the teams getting fighting for that last spot. You have Georgia, Alabama, and Oklahoma, and Utah. Now, actually, Utah's. We should we should rephrase that. Utah's first. Okay, so Utah, Georgia, Alabama, and Oklahoma. Much better. Thank you. I, obviously, if Auburn beats Alabama this week, they're not going. But I don't think they're going e- anyway. I think what hurts them the most is they don't have a starting quarterback. I think the committee will take that into consideration, not having Tua. Well, okay, Alabama, they have a worse strength of schedule than we do, even though their argument is Utah hasn't played anybody. They've been tested one time this year, and they gave up 50, nearly 50 points at home. So they had their playoff game. They lost. They should be done. Georgia, to me, is the biggest threat because if Georgia were to upset LSU, LSU is going to stay in regardless. That that's that punches Georgia's ticket, and I think we're yeah, done. If, we're done. If Georgia's your SEC championship team or your SEC champion, then they're in. They're in. They're in, and happens. we're we're all done. So I think we, <laughs> LSU way, has to take care of business. Georgia's show plays the way they did. No, for sure. Last week they're not going to beat LSU. But you know anything can happen in one game. But yeah, ideally LSU should handle them and 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 eliminate Georgia, which then opens up that spot where I I think man we are sitting pretty and in preseason our podcast we talked about the playoffs right because everybody under the under the sun lee corso bit pick six preview oh, i mean we had brett from pick six preview on our show and we said okay explain to us how utah gets into the playoffs because that's kind of out there and and that was what we were talking about but at that point preseason it was just it was kind of just this fun idea right we are here with one game left in the regular season, and it's still not only on the table, it's looking really, really good. How amazing is that? We are the flag bearers of the Pac-12 Conference. We are carrying the conference again. 
It's what a climb, what a climb, and what a ride for you fans, man! You got to enjoy this game. This 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 season has been absolutely a blast. It has been a blast, and again, you're right, you're right, Scott. Utah still has two games they need to do. It's not a lock. Uh, they still need style points, especially against Colorado. They they need to destroy them like what they've done the last several games against teams outside of Washington. But I think this really can be a historic moment, not only just because it's Utah getting into the playoffs if it happens, but it kind of almost feels when Utah busted the BCS in 2004, they had to change the rules because a mid-major made it, right? So but there was just the four bowl games in the BCS, and then after Utah busted it, they decided to have the fifth game for the national championship. If Utah does that to Alabama and knocks them out of the playoffs, I honestly can see this is the first trigger to oh, to expand the playoffs to eight teams because Alabama's gone every single year. Knock, it, knocking Bama out of the playoffs automatically qualifies Winningham for a statue <laughs> next to Tyler it's, Huntley. It's in the small print. It is there. <laughs> No, I know you're going to be busy. That's a lot for me to say, you know. <laughs> well, I've gotten pretty good on my pottery wheel from uh, from Huntley. So with Whittingham, I've already got the pose down. You know when he puts both hands on his hips and he's just kind of staring off into the distance, like probably looking at the uh, the scoreboard and watching a replay. And he's got he's got his belt on, and he's got both hands just. On, on the hip, just kind of staring. That's the pose he's gonna. Is it gonna be like two two thousand four body or two thousand nineteen? No, there he's will. He's got a little bit of a there belly will, now. The the belly will be there, <laughs> but there will be no goatee because that's that's since passed. We haven't seen goatee wit for at least consistently for a while, and there will be no hat because he doesn't like a hat. But there'll probably be a little bit of gray scruff. Um, on there, but yeah, and a play chart coming out of his belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. Well, I'm open to that. Let's say that I'm open to that. We'll 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 take suggestions when uh, when we get there. But you got to finish your Tyler Huntley one first. But all I'm saying is, I know that's a lot to say, and uh, that Utah can. I mean, Utah has to make the playoffs. They have to win their first two games for that to happen. But I honestly feel if their fans want change and something has to happen, and one of those things that has to happen is a powerhouse, a blue-chip program has to get passed over for a team that's, quote-unquote, shouldn't be there. And for the team that's really better. For really forever, the football national championship, the way that's decided and played out, is is really bad. The NCAA got it right in basketball. A field of 64 teams and the best team plays it out and gets it done and, and deserves the win. But in football, you go from way back when, when voters don't watch all the teams, but they vote who they want in. And then sort of like the, a fake 84 championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. And then you go Against to the BCS, a six and six which, team. which you alluded to, the BCS, Utah busted it, so they had to change it. Now the four teams, and here Utah is again ready to bust it. I mean, it's time to, it's really time to take that model that they do for basketball and let the best teams play it out on the field. I mean, I totally agree with that. I think the one thing that they have gotten right with the playoffs, if I want to give them credit, which is I hate to do with the NCAA because I think they do a lot of things wrong is they have a committee that decides it that has to watch every single game. Scott, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. They're required to watch every game, to follow every team. So it is better than voters that don't watch or coaches that just let assistants or secretaries vote for them. So, I mean, it has gotten better, but I honestly think if Utah can do this, if they can knock out an Alabama, I think it can change even for the even better than what it is. So I don't know if you saw the Grey Cup, Winnipeg won, and a fan went like twenty years without wearing pants. I did. Well, see he, did, he, he did have shorts. Let's just <laughs> let's just specify he, he walked around what? in his skivvies for twenty years. <laughs> what are you guys willing to give up if Utah? Until Utah makes a playoff. I'll give up my pottery wheel. 
I think I'd be willing to say goodbye to pants. <laughs> you already do. <laughs> well, I'm not wearing any right now. Ooh. Don't say ooh. You're sitting right next to me. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what would I be willing to give up for the Utes? There's a lot. I'd 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 like Flintstone it, dude. I would I'd I'd give up my gas powered vehicle for years and just for like years. run around on a scooter, manpower everything. I'd give up cowboy corn dogs. You've never had oh my gosh. Who was the guy on Twitter that tweeted at Mark Yolks, Harlan like, like the first forty six thousand people get free corn dogs? Oh, you got to try cowboy corn dog. How can you be a fan, a season tickle holder, and never had a cowboy corn dog? Because their line's always so long. Plus, I need a little more than a, a corn dog. I'm a chubby kid. <laughs> Ryan, would you be willing to give up your warm glass of milk every night? Well, that's a tough one. That's how I fall asleep. <laughs> Does it soothe your belly? <laughs> None of that spicy milk. Go with Ryan should give up his nine o'clock bedtime and stay up until nine thirty. Can you do that? Were you willing to sacrifice for the Utes? He's he can't even decide. <laughs> That's too important much. to me. That's too much. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know I'm willing to Flintstone it from Heber down to Salt Lake, and this is you won't even give up. A warm glass of milk. <laughs> Your fandom is being questioned right now. Cam, how about you? What are you what are you giving up? Oh, as much as I hate to say this, I would give Scott full editing authority of the podcast. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, come on, you two, you've gotta do this. You've gotta pull through. Do you imagine how much fun we would have? These podcasts would be We would off. get sued from all the copyright songs you sing. <laughs> We yeah we may not last a whole season <laughs> on the air, but it would be worth it. So again, to your point, Scott, this is a fun time. Last regular season game of the year, and Utah is still in the thick of the playoff discussion. Um, I listened to the Yahoo Sports podcast today, and they, I mean, they had some very good points that hurt Utah. Their strength of schedule outside of the conference is not very good. But all of them were still picking Utah over Alabama. It's coming, baby. It's coming. So I can feel it. Getting that national love is is great. So this week is the last home game for the Utes. Tickets are going to get really hard to get. If you're looking for tickets, download the Vivid Seats app. Now, they're the top source of tickets for events that everyone wants to go to. You can sort by price or look up seats for the section and row of your choice and all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Signing up is easy to do. All you have to do is go to the app store on your phone or tablet and download the Vivid Seats app and you're instantly enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Now, every purchase is backed 100% buyer guarantee. So you never have to worry about making purchases through their app. And here's the best part of all. For our listeners, if it's the first time purchasing tickets through the Vivid Seats app, if you use promo code OVERTIME at checkout, you'll receive a discount up to $100. All right, so Utah gets the huge win over Arizona, 35-7. to Never really was in doubt. Uh, Utah's first two possessions of the game, they marched right down. What do you mean never was in doubt? You guys both texted me at halftime freaking out that we were only up by 14 points. No, well, we were freaking out blowing 30 seconds to look at the stars. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I was was just going to say, even though it wasn't in doubt, it was a a very convincing win. It was a very frustrating win uh, to watch. The end of the first half was frustrating. I'll give you that. But I wasn't nervous at halftime. I wasn't wasn't nervous nervous. because Utah was dominating, but... What I obviously you dominate the game, you dominate the time of possession, and you only have fourteen points at half because we just kind of 
knuckled around yeah, when we got near the red zone. Kind of we fell kind asleep of, at the we wheel there. We kind of A-rotted a little bit when we got down to the red zone. Should have been 28, obviously. You know, and then, I mean, you have Zach Moss ends up with 203 yards running on the ground. Could have had like 250 if that long run didn't get called back because of stupid holds. Oh, my gosh. That, and that was the other thing. Those were a lot of dumb penalties, a lot that I were phantom calls. Uh, that just it, it so it just kind of took away from the game. I, I think all the Pac-12, the, the officials were getting a little irritated that Utah's getting all this pub and they're not. <laughs> so they were they were they were hell bent on trying to get the, some of that spotlight back. Oh, I think they succeeded. I mean, I think there were more flags than plays. Yeah, it was mind, that was dumb. <laughs> well, well, it was dumb, but no, just kidding. No, it was, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, I, I hate when games are called like that because it just takes any flow out of the game. Well, it just kind of sucks the air out of the room, I think. And and then you have the problems there with the officiating, and then what happened right before half, where they just yeah, they have three timeouts. So you just kind of let the time run out. And and, and according to Wit, right. Going into the locker room, it says, well, fourth and one at the one, we should be able to get one yard. And he's 100% right. But it's okay to have six seconds left on the clock. It's okay to have a little bit more time because guess what? Let's say you score a touchdown or you you turn it over on downs. They're not going to do anything that deep in their own territory under 20 seconds. Yeah, especially when you had three timeouts left with like 30 seconds to go and they, and Huntley's back there calling audibles, letting 20 of those seconds run off the clock. The thing that was frustrating, it was very uncharacteristic of what we've seen of Utah. It almost looked like shades of USC again. Like, where is this coming from? And and obviously, I mean, they were still so dominant over a really poorly coached and just a poor Arizona team in general. But it really, it, I mean, it should have been 50-something to nothing if if we really just would have taken care of business and stopped messing around so much. I mean, uh, the takeaway from all of that, though, I think you can, it gives the coaching staff this week stuff to gripe about and pick on because, uh, grant, granted, they're always, as coaches, they're always going to find things to work on and improve. But when there's some some glaring issues, whether it's penalties, whether it's clock management, uh, execution, they can drill down on these things and, and get the team focused and ready for the, for this coming week. So I will say the offense did start out very great. Uh, first drive, 11 plays for 75 yards. Very great. Touchdown. I like that. That's well, that kind of a little awkward, right? Uh, oh, we'll go with it. Uh, and then their second possession, 10 play, 72 yards uh, for a touchdown by Damari Simpkins. Honestly, from an offensive standpoint, yes, Huntley had a great game. 19 of 23, 211 yards. Zach Moss, 203 yards on, on 26 carries. But for me, I think the stars of, of the offense, you got to start with Brant Keithy. Speaking of very of great, game. Brant Keithy, baby. And, and I think Damari Simpkins had a... a, a a great game. I don't know why I'm saying great so much. He did, he had a better game. I don't know about great. I, I don't think it Are was. You, I, I don't think what? It, you guys have been. Okay, I shouldn't say you guys. We have been ripping on him for a few weeks. I don't think it was great enough to get him back into a trio. Had that had that punt return that he yeah had he sprung that for a touchdown. I would have tweeted. I want to see it two weeks in a row. I want some consistency. And that was the first game of the season that we've actually got positive yards in the punt return game. I mean, I was like, I was like dumbfounded when we were moving the ball towards our end zone. Granted, well, it was Arizona. Yes, and and Bryant from Wildcat Radio did tell us how bad their special, their special teams, teams were. <laughs> so let's let's kind of pump the brakes a little bit on that. I'll tell you, Zach Moss, dude, two hundred three yards sets another record for three thousand yard seasons. First Ute to ever do that. And if he has a really good run here over the next uh, few games, who knows? Maybe you get to 2,000. I mean, you knew it was good. <laughs> <laughs> we had that discussion preseason. Could he get to 2,000? Could he get to 1,500? No, but, but, but we, we did talk about 15. If he, if he went on an absolute tear, right, he's got Colorado, 
He's got Oregon in the Pac-12 title games. There's two games. And potentially two more <laughs> in, like the, in the playoff. Four games, he'll get he'll get over 1,500 he, yards. He, he's, he's just short of 1,200 at the moment. He could. But you know it was going to be a good game when the first play from scrimmage, they hand off to him and he picks up 30-plus yards. He, he was getting everything he wanted. And and they were selling out to stop the run. They had they had two guys coming off the edge every time trying to get into the backfield to, that to stop number him. one, the Fields guy was he, every hit he made, he was going for broke trying to get stopped. <laughs> Dude, well they, they I, what were they doing running their mouth so much? I they were know. never in the game. I, I They're an know. awful team. I don't know if it's because Utah has such a big target right now, and I mean we saw it. The week before with UCLA, so so was that their best? Was that their best effort of the season? We got their best shot. Their best shot didn't score a touchdown until our backups forgot they were playing a football game. Oh yeah, I didn't know if we were going to talk about this. I was like, Arizona's a mess. They're a disaster. What the crap are they doing with Tate and Gunnell? Just pick a guy. A guy who was a Heisman hopeful two years ago doesn't even start on senior night. Oh, that was but, rough. But if you look at him, I mean, he was no threat to do no, anything. He, no, he No, and I don't know. I'm not saying that you have to play Tate or you have to play Gunnell. But the make whole up thing your mind. Yeah, make up your mind. Are you going to just play for the future and play your true freshman? Or are you trying to save something this season and then let your senior play it out? I mean, neither one of them did anything remarkable that whole game. But I, I think it just shows kind of what, what coaching Sumlin is, the type of coach Sumlin is, which I think is not a not a very good one, to what Utah has in Winningham. I mean, just look how they're handling that. I, I To me, it just shows how, how special Winningham is as a coach. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Kevin Sumlin, he's a, he's a disaster. I mean, he he literally he's kind of got the Mike Leach look on the sideline, like what can't figure out what's like going on. He's in a daze. No and, wonder he always wears sunglasses. It was a night game, so and, he couldn't. And and his his teams literally are getting worse and worse down there. They they got to get rid of him. He is not a good coach. Not. I mean, he's firing coaches midweek. It's, that's three this season. Well, three within the last month. That's as many conference wins as they have. Three. He's trying to deflect the blame someplace else so he doesn't lose his job. I will say, no, though. Actually, I don't even think they have three. Don't they actually have two? I think they only have two. They've, they've exceeded their firings, exceeding <laughs> their conference wins. I, I do love how at the end of the game, I don't know who it was, but one of their players said that now that they're not bowl eligible... Uh, having lost seven games now, that next week is their bowl game against ASU. If if that's what you're striving as a program, I'll, I'll yeah, nope, I'll, I'll take Winningham. And, Thank and, you. And let's not forget the article that was written um, down in Arizona and Tucson this week praising Utah. Oh, that was yeah. And uh, when it got announced that Utah would be joining the Pac-12 and this and be part of the South Division. Tucson, it says. Tucson, do they, I mean, I guess they just call themselves a city now. Um, they said, they basically came out and said, with Utah on the schedule, it's a gimme every year. And I'm thinking, did, we beat them twice in the Mountain West Conference as Mountain West Conference members. What, what on earth do these guys watch? They were thinking basketball, I think, not football. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's interesting. That uh, that that article is pretty enlightening about where that program is and what a disaster it is at the moment. Because they, I, I love our guys down uh, Wildcat Radio. They're good dudes, but uh, that program, yikes! Yeah. Okay, I know that that was my fault. I took us down uh, that Wildcat um, trail, but I I just had. Wildcat wildcat trail. Okay. That's that's like a new term for rabbit hole. We went down the wildcat trail. <laughs> it was very good. I hate hey, Scott. Peter Rabbit. I hate Scott. <laughs> Is that that's like a, the Oregon Trail, the Wildcat Trail? Well, okay, I know it's my fault. I shouldn't have taken us down that road, Scott. I I still hate you, uh, but. Let's just finish up the offense real quick. Hey, would you be willing to say you 
if the Utes win a national title, would you be willing to give up saying that you hate me? That's that's a real test right there. So back to the Utah offense. <laughs> Brian Thompson does go out with an injury uh, in Winningham's Monday presser. He won't talk about it, so we're assuming it's not season-ending because he won't talk about it. Uh, but if Thompson can't go uh, this week against Colorado, do you guys have concerns with that? I'll, I'll kind of kick it off. I, I don't, just because it's by committee. Obviously, Thompson is one of the better deep threats on this team. Um, I do think a guy like Dixon can step up, uh, and and maybe you know he can give give some more reps to Vickers, so we can kind of see what what he we it gives some more reps to Vickers and kind of see what he can do with those. Uh, but but Thompson being out, what are you guys' thoughts? Bummer, dude. Yeah, that that hurts because he's been turning into a just a guy that he consistently shows up. He catches when the ball's thrown to him. Obviously, he's had some quiet games where he hasn't gotten a ton of targets, and he's had some real breakout games. But he's kind of turned he, this year. He's turned into that kind of that go-to guy and a big play guy. So losing him, especially when he's just had such a track record of of injuries since he's joined the program, it's it's so unfortunate to see, but. I don't know. I put this out on Twitter. I think I think you uh, you take a second look and see how Britton Covey's feeling. Now, for all you folks out there, I understand they play different wide receiver positions. I get that, but you can slide guys back over who have filled in for Covey since he's been out. And I think I think that's something that's probably being discussed. I don't know, but I, I don't think you do it for Colorado. Maybe if he well, if Thompson's if, if, still out for Oregon and postseason, then I think you explore that. But if they think they can get him just through Colorado, I, I, I don't know if you really go down that route. Well, but the problem is, wouldn't you want to get a game? Covey hasn't played in a long time. If if you're going to bring him back, because if he plays one more game, the red shirt's gone. No, that's a great point. So, so I guess it doesn't really matter at that point. So if 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 he were good enough to say, hey, I want a shot at this, I'm not saying that's happening or it's even being discussed, but I think it's worth – I would hope it's a discussion taking I'm place. I'm sure it is a discussion, but but in all reality, if he wasn't healthy enough a month, six weeks ago, is he healthy enough now to play? If you get some more of that pickle juice, <laughs> it helped Moss and Huntley in ASU game. I, I do think, though – the the thing with Thompson I think is going to hurt the most is Thompson's really turned into a great blocker, especially down the field. Everybody in that unit has turned into a good blocker. Yeah, okay, that a uh, great point. Except they for they Kua who holds it. <laughs> that was such a <laughs> just that was such a bad call. <laughs> they were both bad calls. <laughs> and, and yet, like Solomon Enos, I think has has turned into a, a great um, blocker on the on the outside there. Uh, but I I honestly like Thompson his his blocking ability. Um, so with, if he is out for an extended period of time, it will, it, I mean, guys are going to have to kind of step up and, and kind of take more of, of that role. Yeah. And obviously against Colorado, it really shouldn't come in question, right? Uh, it's going to be a cold night. You're going to get a, a heavy dose of moss and, and Huntley's going to continue to do his thing, but it would be nice to have, uh, have another weapon out there for Oregon in that back 12 title game. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see kind of how that shakes out. Uh, looking on the defensive side of the ball, gosh dang it, the freaking fourth stringers give up another shutout. Oh man, was Scally was he ticked? When I he wanted gave up that I, I wanted them to call the timeout and just bring the first team out. <laughs> I wanted a shutout. Okay. I was thinking that too, but you can't risk an injury it's, just to do that. It's fourth down. The quarterback of all people on the field, the quarterback is running with the ball. What is twenty two Vontae Davis, our backup safety who should remain back, 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 back up. Why doesn't he take? He, he like pulled up. He pulled up. Didn't even touch him. He could. He could have laid him out. He could. He could have Marquise blared that guy over the border into Mexico. <laughs> and isn't that isn't that the whole point of a backup? You get your opportunity. You got to show out. It's true. You got to show the coaches. Hey, when you put me in, I'm going to make a play. I'm guessing in film what? study today that didn't go over too well. Oh, that was disappointing. I, I think it's that's, fourth down. Blow him up. I think that's why Scally was so mad. Was that because he had a chance to hit him? And you're right. He he pulled up and kind of sidestepped it. Uh, not 
I mean, I get it. It's at Soft. the end of the game. Soft. Get that man some two ply. Soft. If he wants playing time next year. He's got to. He's got to at least make an effort to, towards it. But Utah defense. I mean, again, another dominating game. Held Arizona rushing sixty-one yards. And a team that that can run the ball, you know, decently. JJ Taylor's a good running back. Thirty-three yards for thirty-three for JJ. yards. That's almost as many inches as he is tall. <laughs> <laughs> but it's another dominating performance. And and here's a, a thought I've been kind of kicking around in my head over, over the weekend. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. So people are saying this could be the best Utah defense, or this could be the best defense at Utah. Does having the offense as effective as it is, is it aiding that at all? Because if you look over the course of the years when Utah's had great defenses, the offense have just been terrible. They put them in bad spots. They they keep going three and out. So the defense is on the field like the whole game. Whereas this season, Utah's offense has really just taken off. Does that kind of, do you think, aid in the thought that this defense is the best? I, I think it aids the defense, right? Because... We're having sustained long drives. We're owning time of possession. Right there, that's lowering the amount of snaps that the defense is going to be on the field, the amount of time that they're on the field. Keeps them fresher. I think that plays that plays a huge part in how good they are, but I don't think you can take anything away or or put anything on the offense for what this defense is doing because they are they are they are absolutely insanely dominant right yeah, now. But I think at halftime, the defense was only on the field for like 19 snaps. I mean, that's that's crazy. And I think, think about that 19 snaps. I don't even think Arizona had an offense on the field for 19 snaps. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was absolutely unbelievable. What what this? I mean, there's no threat that these guys let up give up scores right now. Now, granted, Arizona's Arizona. Cal's Cal, and and some of the teams really struggle offensively. But I mean, you you look at our next opponent, Colorado. They're not they're not juggernauts offensively. Do you know how many points Colorado's averaging offensively through this eight games in in conference play? Fifteen, one five. Dude, A Rod thinks that's bad. <laughs> They are not gonna just. They're not gonna be a threat just to put a bunch of points up on the no. board. But no, no. But I mean, the defense overall. I mean, they're absolutely dumb. I mean, I, I, I just kind of. I've just looked, been looking at some stats, and since we've joined the conference, and e- even including two thousand four, two thousand eight, really dominant teams. Just looking at the margin of victory that Utah, Utah's experiencing right now. Right now, our average margin of victory this season is 25 points. Do you know what it was in 2004, which is arguably one of the best, if not the best, Utah team ever to take the field prior to this 2019 team? I I mean, I would imagine it's somewhere close to that because, yeah, in 04, under Urban, that offense was phenomenal and and the defense was, was very good. Yeah, I mean, in 2004, obviously the offense a little bit more potent against, obviously, Mountain West Conference teams. Averaged 45 points a game. Defensively, they gave up 19. We're giving up 10 points a game in the Pac-12. 10. Sagat, you bring up the 04 team. You look at the 08 team. Um, A stat that's on there, they gave up. That team was giving up 17 points a game in the Mountain West. On a defense that had what seven, eight NFL players on it, yeah, a loaded team. I mean, what what this defense is doing right now is, I mean, it's it's absolutely historic. I mean, you just go, you just look at at what we've done in conference play this year. Outscored our opponents two hundred and eighty six to ninety one. That's a margin of 195 points, and that includes the USC loss. If you just include the uh, the seven game win streak, 263 to 61, 202 point difference. It's insane. I'm gonna miss this defense next year. 
you bring up the defense and, and they've held teams to 61 points over, over this winning streak. But I also want to say, look at the offense putting up 263. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Ludwig is what Utah needed. Honestly, and I know like it's kind of funny because I know a lot of Utah fans, we were excited to get him back. And outside of the state of Utah, especially Oregon fans, were not a fan of it and made, kind of made fun of Utah for bringing in Ludwig. But he's, I know we're talking about defense, but he's been such a great asset to the offense. You kind of got a feel for Ludwig a little bit. Like everywhere he goes, fans are excited to see him go. And he just wins. We were excited to see him go. We were, exactly. <laughs> Vanderbilt. He just came from Vanderbilt. Their fans were like, oh, see you later. Do you know how bad Vanderbilt is this year? They were a good team last year. Yeah, he he built them up. It is, the, the guy's kind of gotten a bad rap. Well, what amazes me, though, in that whole thing is typically you get a new offensive coordinator. It takes at least a year for the to see an offense grow and progress. And it started out a little slower, but man, it's all most of the season they've been putting up points. You just don't typically see that in a first year offensive coordinator. No, I mean it, it helps that you've got a senior in in Huntley and a senior senior in Moss who are really leading this offense. Obviously, we know what Jim Harding does and he does it every year. His his offensive lines who sometimes early on in the season this year, being no exception, struggled, and uh, but they every year as the season progresses, they they become so much better. And Winningham said that there's not a unit on the team that's progressed as far as the offensive line has this year. And and you couple that with the experience that we have, and and I think that that factors in. I'm not trying to take anything away from Ludwig because I think he's done an absolutely masterful job of of creating an offense that fits this talent, but. You also have a lot of talent who can go out and execute these plays, and you've got a Brant Keithy who nobody can defend in this conference all of a sudden. You've got Tyler Huntley who is just, I mean, he's he's absolutely surgical at the moment. He's not making mistakes, and, and the reason that Simpkins is not part of the trio anymore is because he ran, ran the wrong route. If he runs the right route, it's a touchdown. And and he gives Huntley his second pick of the season. And then, I mean, Moss is doing absolutely insanely things. I mean, it's it what a time, baby. What a time to be a U fan. And it on, is it is incredible. And on the flip side on the defense, you have Bradley and I, Lecky Foto, uh Penasini, Francis Bernard, I mean all the uh, Julian Blackman, Jalen Johnson, all these guys, all these names we're throwing out. This is a special team. And uh, we kind of talked about the start of the show. We talked about the playoffs. It's only in their reach and, and only being talked about it because of how special this team really is. Yeah, how I many, mean, how many college teams have potentially eight NFL players on their defense? That's just the defense. That's just the Moss defense. is going to be in the NFL. I'll bet you Huntley's going to get a shot. I don't know. I don't know if he if he's gonna. He'll get a camp invite for sure. Well, I think he he could get drafted. I think he could be a late round draft pick. He's gonna get a shot. I mean, Darren Paulo's got a shot at at the draft. I mean, I I think when all is said and done, I mean, you could see ten Utes drafted. I think it's a, I think it's a possibility without a doubt. I mean. If if that happens, which is is entirely possible, if that happens, that's just crazy. I mean, remember when was it the the O four team that got six draft picks, and everyone and that was spectacular. But well, and that's a great year. It is ten potential. I mean, if that happens, chances are that's going to be the most draft picks out of any school in in the country which is why we're having this season that we're having. And it's also why we got to finish this bad boy off. Well, and I think it also indicates the recruiting class that came in that's going to be getting drafted. And then also it helps in recruiting for future classes when they can see Utah's putting these guys in the NFL, whereas other programs that maybe have more of a higher profile name that aren't, it, it really bodes well in recruiting. The ESPN playoff show game day the fox saturday showdown show 
all of the all the national media, it's all over social media, every avenue. Utah is just being talked about. That right there for recruiting is enormous. It's it's huge. I mean, the People publicity. Listen. Utah's becoming a brand now. It's not just a team. They are they are establishing themselves as a brand. People know Utah's the real deal. And obviously, you got to continue to do this. You just can't be a one shot wonder. But it in the early stages of creating a brand nationally is huge. It's huge for recruiting. It's huge for this coaching staff to go out and be able to get into doors that they still haven't been able to get into and actually close the door on some of these and, and, and bring them into the program. But yeah, the, the exposure, there's a team, there's a team down South that likes, puts a lot of emphasis on exposure. Well, they'd be jealous of the exposure. We're They've getting been right exposed now. all season long. It, uh, it's, I'll tell you what a ride, baby. What a ride. So a very dominating performance by the Utes on both sides of the ball over Arizona they're shifting their sights now onto the rivalry game with the Colorado Buffaloes. Colorado's five and six on the season. They're fighting for bowl eligibility. I still think Utah rolls them. Well, the 28 point points. spread. And I think it's going to be bigger than that. Vegas thinks they're going to roll them too. And lo- looking at the looking at the weather, you know, I thought, okay, man, if it's snowy, that kind of, you know, that can even even things out a little bit. It's going to be cold. There's be cold no doubt there's, about it. There's but no weather. Weather should not be a factor, moisture or anything like that. It will not be a moist field. But yeah, it's it's the weather's not going to be a factor. And I, I think that's huge because I think we're going to be able to just play our game, invoke our will against this hapless, hapless Colorado team. I will give Colorado credit. They are in a two-game winning streak. They beat Stanford. Uh, sixteen to thirteen, and then last week they did beat the Huskies twenty to fourteen. What is up with that, by the way? Man, the Huskies. UW is just—they've fallen off. The week after playing Utah, <laughs> <laughs> or extended, or three. No, it's they're, they're not what they. We got their we got their last best shot. They just they don't have anything. They're a mess this year, just as much as Colorado. But I mean, they beat Stanford. Beat UW 2014. They did hold last week Washington to 33 yards rushing. I did not watch the game, so I don't know um, exactly how it all went down. But uh, I, I think they're they're playing better than than they have been. But they're still they're still not a a great team. No, and obviously being a home game, being senior night, is, and this team is just on a roll. I th- I think it's going to be bigger than 28 points. So offensively, Colorado's putting up 404 yards a game, averaging 15 points a game, which I think they should be putting up more. They have a senior quarterback in Montez, who I I was really high on him two years ago, and he's just he hasn't really played up to I think expectations of him. Um, probably has a lot to do with the talent around him at Colorado, um, and the, and the coaching change there. And what's the other guy? Slogernot? I can't say his name. Slogernot. Who? Sloggernaut? Their their wide receiver? I can't remember his name. It's oh shoot, what is it? Now that now that you said that, I can't think of what his real name is. Chenault. 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 Sloggernaut? I was close. You were not. Sloggernaut and Tempe. <laughs> I wonder Sh- I wonder if Gurdry <laughs> Gertie is going to guard Sloggernaut at any point during the game. That was close. <laughs> You're close. Chenault, Slogernaut. German. <laughs> you can't admit it's kind of close. That was like ESPN trying to pronounce any of these Tongan names. <laughs> oh, and I swear, if I have to listen to Petro talk like this the whole freaking game. He was the, he was probably the most energy aspect of that game. <laughs> He's awful to listen to. He he is he's not my favorite, which is why I like being at games because I don't have to listen to who's commentating it. We just have to listen to Ryan. <laughs> I'm just joking. So Utah takes on the Colorado Schlagernauts. <laughs> you guys, it's like an AFL team. I knew I knew that wasn't his name, but I was like, it's something like that. <laughs> something like that. A wide receiver Chenault, who I think is a very dynamic play. <laughs> What's so funny? I said it right. I know you did, but it's just funny. 
Boggernut. <laughs> Who I think is a very dynamic player. He has been injured. Uh, I think if he could have played that whole game, they maybe could have beaten USC. And if they would have sat on the ball, they probably could have beat USC. So or they that, grew a pair. So they do. <laughs> So they, I mean, they are bringing in some talent into the game, uh, but on, I just think Utah is just going to impose their will against them. Now, I'll tell you what: a, a five and six Colorado team, three wins in conference. They are not going to do what the twenty eleven Buffs did or the twenty sixteen Buffs, which was going into the final game of the season with a shot at the South Division. They took it from us in twenty eleven and twenty sixteen. 2011, Coleman Peterson couldn't kick a field goal to save his life. 2016 was uh, was the one good year Colorado's had since they've joined the conference. And uh, they did beat us down in Boulder that year. With Hare McIntyre. With, uh, with oh, Cam's, yeah, bad Hare McIntyre. Cam's favorite coach of all time. I, I think he was the one that actually recruited Schnagernault <laughs> to Colorado. You didn't even say it right. <laughs> Schlagernaut. Schlagernaut. That was a big recruiting win for McIntyre to to land Schlagernaut. <laughs> All the way from Germany. But I'll tell you, it's not happening. It's not happening. I I I think we're gonna be able to we're gonna move the ball on them. They're giving up about four hundred and fifty yards a game offensively. Three hundred through the passing, hundred and fifty rushing. And and they're giving up thirty points a game. Our offense is going to be able to move the ball on them, even though UW, for whatever reason, couldn't. And then and then offensively, they they just don't have a lot of firepower. Um, Fifteen point average. That's that's just in the Pac twelve. That's that sucks. Let's be honest. So, I I just don't see it. I don't see how this is even a close game. I mean, if if we get beat by these guys, oh. Oh, I will! I will rush the field and slogger knop some dudes <laughs> if we if we blow this. It's not happening. No, not it's happening. not happening. Twenty eight point favorites. Utes roll. Now I will say, game time is five o'clock. ABC televised game, but five o'clock. We're we're putting it out there. It's a four o'clock game. Ute fans plan to be at Rice Eccles early. This senior class. What's if three hours in the cold for a football game, what's one more hour? Yeah. I mean, you're already going to be freezing anyways. Just start it earlier. Just be numb, so you won't feel it anyway. Just just put just put some uh, some German Schlager lot in your in your in your boots and or you can be like Scott and have battery powered warming socks. Hey, those things are those things are I'd be willing to give those up for a national title. <laughs> And I love those. I love my little warm little socks. Wasn't they keep a, my toes wasn't nice there and warm. A mash episode where Frank Burns had those. Everyone else was freezing, but he was, was like Long Johns. <laughs> Do you realize who just brought up Mash? <laughs> <laughs> the guy who doesn't want to go to bed after nine o'clock. Let me unwrap my Werther's. Hang on a second. What we got to do? Get in your seats. I'm getting back on my soapbox. So roughly 17 seniors are going to be recognized on uh, on Saturday prior to the game, which is why we all need to be in our seats, have that place packed. It it goes against every fiber of people that live in this state to actually be on time to things. We got to get there early. This team and this senior class has been so pivotal in in this program and the success we're experiencing. They deserve it. Here are your senior class. I'm auditioning to be the fifth play-by-play guy in, in the stadium. Well, you're doing a great job. Bradley and I, Francis Bernard, Julian Blackman, Terrell Burgess, Lecky Fotu, Malik Haynes, good for Malik, Tyler Huntley, Kyle Lanterman, Tyreek Lewis, Alex Locklear, Zach Moss, baby. Josh Nurse, Darren Paulo, John Penasini, Damari, the duo Simpkins, Andrew Big Leg Lefty Strouch, the SMU transfer Hunter Thedford, Mr. Paul Tuala, Derek Vickers, Tyrone Young Smith. 
Thank you to all of those seniors. <laughs> no, but that's a that's a list right there. There's a lot of guys who are, have made an impact in this program. Well, Winningham did say that Jalen Johnson more than likely will be recognized as well as part of the senior class. But did you see Jalen came out and said he does not want to be recognized because he does not want to take away from what the seniors have done that have Good been here him. longer than he has? That's pretty... That's I mean, cool. That's way cool. That's what a humble kid. And man, that that's why he's got his head head on straight and, and why he's so successful. I mean, he's getting his degree um, after his junior year. Well done, Mr. Jalen Johnson. And to all these seniors, let's all recognize them uh, Saturday. Be in your seats. Be early, folks. Four o'clock. Because we know you won't, that will really mean 445. So plan for four. There'll be free corn dogs for everybody. Scott will be buying. So looking ahead into our Pac-12 Pick'em game, last week, Ryan and you and I went 4-2. and two. Thank you, Cal. And Scott picked the trees for some reason. It ends up 3-3. Three and three. So going into the last regular season week, Scott, you and I are tied 32-18. Oh. to 18. And Ryan, one game lead. behind at 31 and 19. Ooh, it's close this year. This is closer than I think it's ever been. Looking back at last week's games, uh, Oregon loses to Arizona State. That There goes their playoff hopes there. There goes their tw- credibility. 31 <laughs> to 28. Uh, I mean, Oregon did score 21 points in the fourth quarter. But honestly, Air- ASU kind of controlled that game. USC comes away with a big rivalry win against UCLA, 52-35. to uh, Slovis throws for over 500 yards and kind of bursts USC's bowl bubble. Cal becomes bowl eligible, beating the trees 24-20. to I don't know how much longer Wilcox is going to be there. I, I, I can see him getting hired away. Oh, you think so, huh? I do. I don't think they had a good enough season for him to get scooped up. I mean, he. I think he is going to turn Cal around, I don't think and this, he's got him going in the right direction. And I don't think this off season, but I, I think if he has another build off this season, I, I honestly think he next year. I think he's gone. Good, be gone. He's he's kind of a West Coast guy, though. Uh, Washington State gets the one point win over Oregon State, fifty four to fifty three. That was a, a crazy finish. Anthony Gordon for Washington State throws for over six hundred yards. It was insane. it was a crazy game. Came down right to the very end. Washington State, they're going bowling now. Oregon State has to win against Oregon to get bowl eligible. That that's a, a tough task uh, for them to do, but definitely a program on the rise in Oregon State. And then the last game, as we mentioned, Colorado beats Washington twenty to fourteen. I don't. None of us saw that. We all had the Huskies in that in that one. I don't know what's going on with the Huskies, and I don't think anyone does. Chris Peterson's having a midlife crisis. You know what happened is oh. is that the coach who was apparently responsible for all of his success was hired at Oregon State. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I, I think I think that plays. I think that's been huge. Their offense has not been any anything even remotely close. And you look at what he's done at Oregon State in two seasons. He's got them scoring points, so that's that's a big loss for for Washington, and and they have not been able to replace him. All right, so looking ahead to this week's games, it's a rivalry games across the Pac-12. Scott, it's your week to go first. First game we're looking at Washington's traveling to Pullman to play the Cougars. Washington's a seven-point favorite. Who do you got? Washington has owned Washington State. Absolutely own them, and they've taken great pride in that. But man, they just—they just lost to Colorado. How do you do that? I mean, who loses Colorado? I—I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go against everything I believe in right here. I'm gonna—I'm gonna pick Leach in a big game. I'm gonna go Washington State. Right, who do you got? Yeah, I don't think. Uh... Washington has the horses to to keep up with Washington State's offense the way they're they're uh, scoring right now. So I'm going to go with the Cougs in the rivalry win. I'm going to go with Leach as well. I 
all the same reasons as you guys have been pointing out. I just think Washington's maybe packed it in. The next game we're looking at, Oregon State's traveling to Oregon for the Civil War. The Ducks are a 19-point favorite. Scott, do the Beavers get bowl eligible? Ooh, Beavers, much like Colorado, are playing for their bowl lives. Um it depends. If if uh, if Oregon feels that this is a big game, then I'm going to go with Oregon State. No, I I got uh, I'm going to go with the the Dirty Ducks. Yeah, I think I think Oregon bounces back after that horrible performance uh, being at home. But I, I think Oregon State will give them a run for their money. But I think Oregon pulls it out. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit closer to the 19 points. Uh, but I think the Ducks will get that. I mean, they're still playing for. Uh, for a Rose Bowl, I mean, just because they're out of the playoff picture, uh, they, I mean, they still can win the Pac-12 championship, go to the Rose Bowl, get that. So they still have things um, to play for. So I got the Ducks. Next game, Notre Dame's playing the Trees. Notre Dame's a 16-point favorite. Scott, you got to go with the Pac-12. You got to pack the pack. I got to pack the pack? You got to back the pack. What am I going hiking? I got to pack my pack. No, I you're a tree uh, fan. You're going hiking. Well, I'm 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 gonna pack my pack and get slobbergasted. That slugger nutted. Ooh, do I go with Brian Kelly or do I go with uh, the hapless trees? It's a tough one. I I'm gonna go with I gotta go with Notre Dame because Stanford Stanford Ryan Notre Dame wins big. Now I got the fighting Irish in that one. One we're three for three. <laughs> And the next rivalry game, Arizona's traveling to Arizona State. The Sun Devils, 14-point favorite. Scott, you got to pick the Wildcats in their bowl game here. Oh, my gosh. Well, ASU, I, I, I probably may have uh, may have gone with Arizona, um, the way ASU's been playing for the last month and a half. But after a big win like that, uh, going into a rivalry game, I think ASU probably wins this by three or four scores. That's how bad Arizona is. Right. Yeah, now that uh, ASU's finally woken from their Utah stupor, uh, I think that they get it done against the hapless Wildcats. Yeah, Arizona's not a, a good team. They're not coached well at all. I'm going to take the Sun Devils as well. And the last conference game we're looking at, Cal's traveling to UCLA. UCLA is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think this one, I think we may get a little mix-up in here. Scott, who are you taking? Well, this should secure me the title. I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with UCLA on this one. Oh, that's where you falter, my friends. The Cal Bears will go in and upset the Bruins of UCLA. Mm, interesting. Cam, it's all down to this. Do you... If you pick UCLA, we tie no matter what. If you go with uh, if you go with Cal, you either win or you lose. I'm putting all my faith in the Golden Bears. Oh, he Cal, doesn't. He doesn't don't fail me now. Pick UCLA. That we could have had a three way tie if I win. <laughs> and then the last... you sound like you work in the Pac-12 <laughs> offices. I'm getting word in my ear from Dixon to pick the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last game, as we always do, Colorado's traveling to Salt Lake to play the Utes. Utah's a 28.5-point favorite as we're recording this. Scott, who do you got and what's your score? Utes big, baby. I think I think the Ute train just continues to roll down the tracks, headed for uh, beautiful Santa Clara. I got, I got the Utes 41, the Buffs 17. And and most of those 17 are coming in garbage time. I also have Utah rolling 49-13. I think this is going to kind of be a repeat of last week. So I have Utah 35, Colorado 7. So we'll do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Yeah, you can find me at Rice Stadium at 4 o'clock. <laughs> and then after the game, we're going to be celebrating a South Division title. Yeah, Scott with his warm socks will be there early. <laughs> with my 14 layers. Now you can find me at Uteman underscore forever. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can always listen to us anywhere you listen to a podcast. We are there. And you can always go to our home at utahmanpodcast.com. We want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And hopefully Utah gets a big win, gets some big style points, and everyone shows up early and really supports this senior class. Go Utes. Let's go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be teledakayai. Woo! We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.